You are listening to Is There an Echo in Here? A podcast about Echo and the Bunnymen. another conversation yep another conversation just between the two of us just the two of us we can make it if we try just the two of us you and i so welcome shane welcome to your own studio okay this Glad is a podcast <laughs> oh wait i was already in here <laughs> this is a podcast where i come into my partner's studio his name is shane uh, life partner, father of our child, and um, I come in to his studio where he is usually practicing some guitar piece or some song because he is a guitarist after all. Yeah. But I come in, open the door, I say, "Hey, it's time to record a it's podcast time. that is all about Echo it's and the Bunny Time." Yep, Bunny Time. So hop to it. Get that little microphone set up, you know, got my little computer here. It's, it's rolling. Okay. And so what I like to know at the top of each episode is what was I interrupting today? Oh, you know, I'm still, I'm just <laughs> still pursuing my singer-songwriter uh, music. Yep. Yes. I've been gradually heading in that direction. Started playing out last year in that format. Yes. And so I was just, I just, I have the whole album planned out. It's got 15 tracks on you it. You have it written. It's not really just, it's not like Bunnymen planned out, like it's in your head and you have the song titles. You're actually writing, the songs are written and they've been performed. You've recorded a couple. Yeah, yeah. I need to, uh, I just I'm just back practicing. You up. I'm just practicing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I just, uh, <laughs> right now I'm just stuck on a few of them because I, I, I struggle with uh, singing them in a way that I'm satisfied. So there you go. That's where I am. Uh, but it's coming together, and yeah. that's what I was doing. All right. Yep. Well, um, now we're doing this, and yes. you can just put those dreams and you know <laughs> just put those on the back on burner, just yeah. For, you know, because uh, we're gonna take you guys once again into the magical world of Echo and the Bunnymen. Um, we're taking you back about forty-one years here, um, and this is a special episode because. In this episode, we will finally be talking about their first show ever. Yep. Um, They will officially become a band. Now, you may have noticed in the last few episodes with just the two of us that you haven't learned as much about the world. The episodes have been a little dumber. But that's because I think it's because we're dealing with some teens who are just kind of like irreverent and making fun of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just really rubbing off on us. Yeah. Or maybe that's just how this podcast is. We like <laughs> to have a good time, you know. Uh, and um, But we like to learn. We learn some words in this podcast. What happens in this podcast? It's like a... Well, we had a really good review recently that someone wrote oh, on, yeah, and on, our, on the iTunes. And, you know, if you feel like doing that, uh, we won't be mad at you if you write us 
a you know a good review. We'll be and happy. We'll be happy. At you. So no, no, we we appreciate that. And someone said that the highlights were uh, like <laughs> psychoanalysis of of the band members and reenactments of the shows and or of rehearsals and stuff like that you know just just kind of talking about what we do over here and i thought it was nice to read so whoever wrote that thank you i know Uh, it was really sweet and nice to know that we're reaching uh, humans humans actual humans with beating hearts care about this as much as we do yeah it's true i mean that is the whole the whole purpose um Okay, so I just remembered something I do need to go over in this intro real quick. Okay. Um, and it has to do with our episode called Kimon. No, 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 no. Monkeys. It has to do, nope. Kimon. <laughs> with Reddit and books. Reddit and books. That whole episode, which was like an episode ago. Don't right? remember it. Go ahead. If you, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, okay. Um, Allison Renner. Who is a correspondent on this podcast. She is a friend of the podcast. She is a brilliant uh, woman who goes by O.D. Peacock on Instagram and sells beautiful artifacts and old photographs. Okay. She wrote me and she told me that in Reddit and Books, Julian Cope changed the line of... um, Woo, this is a mouthful. This is what he says. And we should probably like put a little clip of it in Who? here. Julian Cope. Julian Cope is his wife. Nope. That's Dorian. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> okay. What? In uh, <laughs> in the lyrics to God dang it. Echoing the bunny man read it in books. He says okay, there's a line. He says, I said you gotta stop chasing rainbows. You said I'm just staying up, and anyway, I like it when the rain goes. So, you know, stop lollygagging around chasing rainbows and acting like it's all good. Right. right? Okay, but Julian Cope has some different lyrics in his version of Reddit and Books. Okay, okay. Okay, Okay, he says, Well, you said I spend my life chasing rainbows. Oh, I said, that's a cliche phrase, and anyway... I like it when the rain goes. Oh, that is a response. That's what we call shade. That is called what? Yes, that is throwing shade is a phrase that is used to describe this sort of thing where somebody makes a little jab at someone else and they respond. Yeah. (laughs) But I guess it just tells you that like. They are speaking maybe to one another in this song. I'm I mean, that's surprised at how literal they actually are with their conflict yeah, well, in we, the context of song. They're so self-referential well, in their songwriting. But does Ian do that? He seems oblivious. I don't know. I mean, maybe he's... Well, who thinks about the other one more at this point? I think Julian Cope is more preoccupied with Mac yeah. and his success during... And kind of probably the way he sort of stumbles into it. I think that that's a real bummer for people when you're just like, you're working so hard and then some like lazy ass or goofball. Dude, I... I, It's like Solieri and Mozart, man. Totally. I could think of examples in my own life and career, you know, where it's kind of like... So easy for you, isn't it? Yeah, there's no real effort there. There's kind of this just like... Yeah, it is Solieri and Mozart. Uh I, I could really think of a handful of people where I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, like totally. You know, and then because then, and then they kind of fall into like 
circumstances yes that are just like that prop them up you know yes like then you know there'll be like a you know like in case of mac you have like some some steady pillars of 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 you know around him that can hold up you know the fortress can that can like make the shit work that are not you know the steady hand of les the you know just the the kind of strategic mind and kind of just work ethic of will and then you know the crazy but like scheming and and highly considerate you know bill drummond and you know it's like you know mac Mac is just kind of like can just be he can just be that like well, okay. you know, I mean, you know, and I get mean, carried along and people can also whisper in your ear, you know, maybe you should go at it alone, you know, and like there's all sorts of yeah, things yeah, yeah. that can happen. Um, yeah. You don't need them. Yeah. Quit the comedy group. That's right. That was a That's a Zappa point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to throw one of those in there. It's been, it's been a few episodes. This may be the longest run we've had without a Zappa quote. So thanks for bringing that in to the This band is starving, man. (laughs) Just leave those tapes running when you leave the studio. See what comes up. Bandmates, see what they say. Anyway, I want to thank Allison Renner. Thank you, Allison, as always. Um, 200 Motels is so crazy. So is there anything else anybody needs to know about this episode? I mean... We're going to be talking about leading up to the show. Yeah, we talk about the rehearsal. We're going to talk about their first show. We're going to talk about their band name. Yeah. And that's about it. But, you know. Well, you're just going to love it. So just settle back. Grab yourself a bevy or two. Yeah. Or three. Turn off the ice machine so you can hear us better. Exactly. You know, you want to be able to hear us. Um, And, uh, yeah. Enjoy this one. All right, so do you remember where we left off on the timeline? Okay, well, let me guess. Uh, it's been a while, and uh, it's been a while. I uh, think Shout we are about to YouTube. have uh, their first show. That's right. Man. You, you did it. You thought back a month and a half, and you remembered yeah. where we were. That's right. Um, I might have heard you mentioning it in recent days yeah that's Mm -hmm. possible too well that's great so last episode we left these guys uh standing around in will Sargent's bedroom um we had a chilling dramatic reenactment um of these guys being offered a gig by julian cope Mm -hmm. to open for the teardrop explodes yeah. at Eric's, the premier punk club, right? right? Mm-hmm. Okay, as I said that sentence, it sounded legit. Like I was talking about like an up-and-coming band opening for another band. And, yeah. you know, and it sounded like be... also Julian Cope <laughs> just was like so nice of him to offer them a gig. Oh, yeah. It, in a way, I think it, 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 it was. Is. It we, is. I know we portrayed it like he was like, we portray Julian Cope in a sinister way because, you know, I mean, he's given you the Klaus Kinski right. thing. He's yeah. got to know right. that he's, you know, being that guy. Yeah, yeah. Rave so, all night. Yeah, yeah, so we're just kind of like embellishing and, mm-hmm. you know. So 
Julian Cope of the Teardrop Explodes is going to come in and offer these guys a gig, right? Yes. So you might think that they were like a band being offered a gig for the first time. Mm -hmm. And so it seems like legit. Yeah. But I want to paint a picture of how not legit this whole situation is. Yes. These three guys sitting in a room, Ian McCulloch. Will Sargent mm-hmm. and Les Pattinson. Yeah, um, Les. <laughs> Les. Okay, but they are not even a band, right? At all. Okay, just three blokes. I mean, not really. There's there's two guys, two blokes, two dorky guys, and their dorky friend in a room. And like, I think Will Sargent's mom, like, parents. Yeah, his mom's house. Is Mini Pops there? Mini Pops is there. So they don't have a drummer. Okay, no drummer in this band. Like, there's two people, okay? Uh-huh. No one can really play of the two. Right. Well, we'll get to that. There's no bassist. Yeah. So it's like a step beyond the doors. It's like if the doors also... They're just unlikely. Okay. As they will continue to be through their okay. whole career. <laughs> yeah. You know, no training of any sort. Yeah. And then just this other guy. These two guys. And then this other guy who just kind of like makes fun of them. Yeah. So, so we really owe a lot to Julian Cope uh, <laughs> kind of getting the, the ball rolling here. Oh, I'm telling you. Because it's going to take like some real discipline. The gig's two weeks away. Yeah. It's going to take discipline and some hard work mm-hmm. and some organizing to make this work. So you let's know, see if that happens. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of the Duke Ellington quote okay. about, um, you know, I don't need time. I need a deadline. Uh-huh. And to I'm the really same way. Kick into gear. Like everyone's yeah. going to. It's right. amazing when someone's like, I need this in two weeks. I'm like, here it is. And it's great. And then I'm like, wide open time. Just nothing coming into fruition. You know, so I mean, in a way, it's like, it's, you know, people, you always think you need more time to work on stuff. But then right. it's like, no, you just. You need a deadline. Anyway, I'm sort of overstating this. Uh, anyway, so it worked for these guys. Yeah, I mean, let's see how, how Ian McCulloch approaches this deadline. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> um, so okay, not only is it two people, no drummer, no bassist, no songs, okay? Not a song. <laughs> and no name for the band, okay? So... Basically, so Will is really freaking out, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, we like to imagine that Les was the one who spoke up and was like, yeah, they're going to do it, you know? Right, right. Because the two musicians were rendered speechless by the prospect. Um, it's a real state of urgency at this point in your career, though. Yes, uh, Will is you like... Because you're like, oh, every, every gig matters, you know? Yeah. I remember doing gigs, trying to like you know, got, oh, my first gig in Europe. And it's like, and I'm every, I'm just like, it's going to be like, I'm not going to get there. It's a disaster. What if like, there's a flight delay or like everything's like a big deal or something. Oh, what if I don't yeah. make it? What if this thing falls through or we totally ruin it somehow? What if Mac doesn't make it to But practice? eventually it doesn't matter. There's like, right. If you get the, if you can establish the, the enterprise, get the machine going, then you start <laughs> and then like funny shit happens. Like, Mac walks off stage in the middle of a show and they're like, well, that happened, you know, but if that happened, like, you know, so I can, I sense, I, I can relate to Will's urgency, I think probably in and this terror moment. Yeah. and nervousness. Yeah. 
And it'd be like, Les would just be like, you know, don't worry, it's two weeks away. Time is on your side. We still have time. Kind of like the climate change, you know, like, oh, don't worry. It's two weeks away. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. Five years. <laughs> That's all we've got. Now, the name. You do need a band name for like the flyer. Oh, right. Oh, for, yeah. you know, just, yeah. you know, I feel like. You can't people go wanna, out on that stage. People really hang name. on a name. That's for yeah, sure. And you they you need have one. to have one. Kind of. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, you know, I like to imagine Will's desperation and I imagine, you know, um, everybody sort of kicking it into gear. Will books a rehearsal space at the Merseyside Visual and Communications Unit. Um and I feel like Mac is charged with finding the name of the band. Now, he knows a guy named Paul Ellerbeck, hmm. a.k.a. Smelly Ellie. Smelly Ellie. Yep. Okay, let me tell you about He's Smelly dirty. Ellie, who I don't really like to call um, Smelly Ellie. I like to call him Paul Ellerbeck. Yeah, I bet he appreciates of, that. Yeah, you know, I, I prefer that because... He, I, I had no idea who he was, but Julian Cope really paints a picture of this young lad. And I've mentioned him before. Yeah. Of, he is the loyal friend. Why is he called Smelly Ellie? Because he didn't, he wore the same coat every day and he didn't shower. Okay. It, had to do, okay. it, well, it was truly about hygiene, okay. you know? Yeah, yeah. No one ever took him aside, I guess, and just, you know, showed him. But he was also cool with and, that. Was he cool with that? Yeah, you know, I mean, he obviously didn't didn't like alter his behavior yeah. and had many friends. So yeah. maybe it just became his like, you know. He didn't want to be bothered with, with that. No, he had larger, you know, fish to fry. Yeah, he had a, <laughs> a, a destiny. And aside from his like exquisite music taste, I don't know what his like talents and skills are other than... Um, Is he, he a warrior, magic user, bard? <laughs> like what dexterity? Like what's his I, no, I have <laughs> intelligence? Not intelligence, I feel like, is, is pretty high. But his real skill that we know of is naming bands. Well, so, What other bands did he name? I don't know. Okay. That's a good, that's a good point. It doesn't matter. You can do one good thing in your life. Of band names, yeah. like, of suggestions yeah, yeah. of band names. Okay? Right. That's cool. All right. I always say that. But if you could do one good thing, that's amazing. <laughs> People always... You want to do more, but it's like, you know, you named Echo and the Blame. You <laughs> wrote The Killing Moon. I mean, it just so happened you did a lot of other good songs, but some people only do one good song. And, and, and then there's this pejorative connotation around the idea of a one-hit wonder. Like, oh, they're just a one-hit wonder. That's amazing. What the hell have you done? You know? Well, right? some people like, only have like one I- good idea for a band name. Right. But this guy had many. Yeah, like lists. <laughs> He worked and hard at like it too. To... He didn't even just get lucky. He actually was like struck gold. Through or did he just let them come to him? Like I wonder. Now some of these He right. bothered to remember them. <laughs> that was that there's effort there. I mean he didn't just like Okay, so picture him naming the band. Now what's very likely is that maybe Will or Les were they were hanging out at a party together and they're like, You have any idea for band names? But what I like to imagine in my story that I'm making up is that it was Mac's job, okay? Because Smelly Ellie is his roommate on Belmont, Belmont Road. 
Now, I do research and then I like forget about it all. And then like a century later, we do a podcast. But I feel like, didn't he date his sister? I thought that was the main connection, but he was his roommate, flatmate. He was a flatmate. So I picture probably Mac was just one of those people who just went straight to his bedroom and then like turned on the stereo and then was like 24 hours sleeping in there. Then was gone. It was gone for like three days. That's what I imagine. But they cross paths in in the flat is what I I am guessing. He just, yeah. And Mac says, hey man, I need a band name. We're desperate. This was his one job that Will gave him yeah. before the show, other than to show up, of course. To Name practice. the band. It's just, can you, yeah, because he was like, I got an idea. I can ask this guy. So, would you like to hear an example of some of Paul's band name suggestions? See oh, what you we think? know some of them? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mona Lisa and the Grease Guns. Let that. Okay. I'm going to tell you what I think the, the kind of band is. <laughs> okay. Please. <laughs> okay. This is a, this is kind of like a rockabilly yes. band. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Right. Nailed but it. But like almost like, um, what's his name? Uh, the Black Lips or something. No. Yeah. But I'm thinking more like, uh, like, a, like a Link Ray kind of, kind of vibe, you know? Totally. So, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's... Surf Garage Rockabilly Band. Go on. Yeah. Let me hear the next. Okay, this one. Okay, Glycerol and the Fan Extractors. Now, first of all, he's an and the kind of guy. I, I'm picking obviously. up on this. I'm all picking right. up on this. Um, this one reminds Glycerol me a little bit. Glycerol and the Fan Extractors? Yes. Okay. This one reminds me of Fashion Bath in that I think he was in somebody's like tool shed and he saw, what, what's glycerol? Is that an ingredient in soap? Yeah. It also makes me think of um, the song by Bush that was like, glycerine, glycerine. <laughs> you know that song? There's a song, they had a song called Glycerine. Oh, man. I wanna, I, I, we could put it in here. But look, and it was basically glycerine. Glycerine. But, which is, I think, in soap, you're correct. But it's also the ingredient in like CO2. C4, like explosive. Oh, yeah, right? oh, like, that's is that cool. Like plastic explosive. Glycerol? Okay. Glycerine. I'm not really like digging the vowels. No, that's, that's true though. And the fan extractors. Like now, that, I kind of like the fan extractors part. Like, and so now, knowing the, the double meaning of glycerol, I kind of like that one. Yeah. Is the fan removing <laughs> the glycerine air out of the room? Or is it like we're just removing like the fans of the band well these are the kind of things you can like get stoned and think about while you listen to the band and look at the cover and this is why i picture this guy as like this just like pig pen character you know what kind of band is glycerol and the fan extractors 20 aughts harsh noise band ah perfect that is perfection Mm mm-hmm with the fan extractors, I mean, oh, it's yeah. like machines industrial, but kind of exactly. pathetic. Like Mertzbau. Pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> um, whoa, we're going to, out of left field, the Dawsmen. The Dawsmen? Let me spell Daz. D-A-Z. Daz? Oh, yeah. The Dazman. Dazman. I'm going to say kind of electro-pop. Yes, I'm feeling like almost disco, disco like Devo and um, Daft Punk. Yes, 
uh, yeah. All right. When yeah. You, so yeah. a sharp dressed kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Sleek aesthetic, there. hard mm-hmm. angles. Yep. Yep. Uh, neon. Yes. And that's not quite right either um, for this band exactly. Nope. That's not, that's not what's going on with these blokes. So I imagine like Max standing in there in the kitchen and he's being like, no, not that one. Yeah, that one. No. Not <laughs> yeah, that yeah. One. And so um, the final suggestion was Echo and the Bunnymen. That's a bingo. <laughs> it's like the thunder clapped and that's the name of the band. The band is born. Wow. Like, yeah. And, but you know, we don't know if it was just Matt just and say, him in the uh, kitchen. Yeah. We mm-hmm. don't know. It could have been all of them, you know, like mm. at a party. I'm going to say Mac went over there in the middle of the night. Uh, no, he lives with him. He went home. Okay. Mac went home in the middle of the night and they were in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Where he after, liked to spend all his time in the kitchen. After the party or the show or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and it was just the two of them. And he's got a job to do. He's like, oh yeah, you know, I remember now I'm supposed to ask, find a band name. Okay. Now's my chance, yeah. you know? And so when he hears Echo and the Bunnymen... You know, that to him, you know, he, he's repeating it. Right. He likes the way words sound. Mm-hmm. He comments on that a lot. And he likes the round vowels in the name of the band. The shape of the words. Now, which is a different shape than we know over here in America, um, where we speak American. <laughs> it is the strangest band name. Um, yeah. It's always intrigued me. Uh, yeah. Remember, I'm not coming at this from a as a, from a super, like a lifelong fan perspective. So for me, it was like a little blip, like Echo and the Bunnymen. Okay, like I heard it a couple of times, but but it stuck out, you know. Yeah. yeah. Now that I'm like deep in this, you know. Uh, Did you think it sounded dumb? No, I thought it sounded really cool. It's interesting. I was, Isn't it weird how it yeah. does sound cool? Okay, and again, what I was saying, so it's like the way we pronounce Echo and the Bunnymen. Yeah. Is with like an uh sound, uh-huh. an eh sound. And they... Echo when, and the bunny men. Yep. That's, there's your standard American, whatever. Um, but the way... But you know, there's different accents, you know? Like yeah. in the South, we say Echo and the bunny men. Right. And then what do y'all's people say? Oh, uh, it'd be like, Echo and the bunny men. <laughs> I love that band. <laughs> hey, hey. Excuse me. Have you heard of Echo in the Bunny Man? Oh, Echo in the Bunny Man, huh? That was like trying to do a Midwest. All right, let's do a Boston. How do they say it? They're hard. They're always hard. We got to get Chris Adams uh, oh, yeah. on here, but it's a cool sounding accent. We've seen some shit we ain't <laughs> ever seen before, Jay. Okay, that's We're going up. to see Echo in the Bunny Man tonight. <laughs> that's it. We didn't do New York. New York. New York. No, you dust your people. Well, I guess you oh, gave it a like spin. I was doing like kind of just generic Jew. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> okay, so yeah, let's do it. You do the New York because obviously that's... I got to think. get into a, a character here. Yeah, New oh, York. New York. Yeah, you New York. Echo and the Bunnyman? You like Echo <laughs> and the Bunnyman? Yeah. 
This is like weird. This oh, is like this the is world. yeah. It's you not know, even like uh, around the world. Wait, I never this... consider myself an impressionist. You know, like and I'm sure that nobody listening to this does. <laughs> but we do it so much. But we're much. trying, and uh, <laughs> and that's you know all you can do is be you. You know, and just earnest let about your, what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, let your freak flag fly. Let your little inner star. Just yeah, that's sparkle. my philosophy as a as a singer songwriter <laughs> these days. All right, but listen. Okay, we gotta, but we gotta finish off with the uh, Midwestern, I which I I've been that. working on. No, we haven't done Midwestern. We've done Boston. I did Midwestern. No, it's like a... Bob and Marge. Oh, from that's Chicago. good. That's better than mine. Go. Echo in, the, <laughs> Echo in the Bunnymen. You wanna drink some pop and go listen to Echo in the Bunnymen? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to do a Midwestern. It's hard. We gotta get Ryan on type. here. Man. We gotta get Ryan on the phone. Oh, right. You get him to say Echo and the Bunny Man. Okay. All right. We got to get him. I'll text him. Thank you. Okay. Echo and the Bunny Man. Echo and the Bunny So he's given us a few versions. <laughs> I will say that it feels a little forced. If he just said it in his normal voice, it would have come across as a Midwestern accent. Maybe that is how they say it. And it, they just say it really fast. Yeah. And we don't notice uh, that those are like the actual. Okay. Well, thanks, Ryan. Good job. <laughs> uh, and then we got our friend Ingrid, who's also a Midwesterner, saying it. Echo in the Bunnymen? One more time. Echo in the Bunnymen? One more time. Echo in the Bunnymen? <laughs> okay. Now that's real. Now she actually does it. She's lost her Midwestern accent. Right. She just put it away. And she like she worked just... hard to. <laughs> What is it to affect a normal accent? To yeah. affect a normal accent? Yeah, like say like you have some accent and you want to get rid of it. They send you to Washington State in the United States because they're the accentless state place in the United States to go. That's wild. I know. Okay. Yep. Well. All right. <laughs> okay, and I just want to say that the accents um, that we are performing tonight for you all, performing... Um, there are performances. They are not comprehensive. There are many more beautiful accents from the United States. Yeah. Um, these are just a few of them. We're staying in our lane, folks. Right. We're just doing the white people accents. Because to do otherwise would be morally, morally be wrong. It would just be country. disrespectful. Yeah. But right, we, but we did cover, but we did cover all of... The white accents, I think. Yeah. So, but when Ian McCulloch says it in the Scouse accent, it is, it is really strange sounding. And people, it sounds mm. like boogeyman. Yeah. Or bonyman. Yeah. Because there's an O sound right. instead of a U like in a bunny. Boonyman. Echo. And he always has like a, you know, kind of. Once a boonyman, always a bonyman. That, there you go. I think that's pretty close. We're yeah. going to, we're going to get it. Now, here's another thing about the band name. Let, let's get into it. There is a newspaper in Liverpool called the Daily Echo, or just called the Echo. Right. Okay, so people yeah. would be screaming Echo Yeah. on the streets and like... Extra, extra. <laughs> hey, get your Echo. Who's got... Uh, read all about it. Read all about it. You know, Mac the, the Parliament and the Queen has finally got the band name. <laughs> and so, 
I think it's I think it's Mick Middles who I really like the way he writes about, you know. Uh, he's my favorite. Paul. Dude, okay, I'm about to quote him. So Mick Middles, this is what he writes, all right? Because we, mm-hmm. we love him. Ready for this poetry yeah. about to drop? Okay. As for bunny men, in no other city in Britain would such a description seem so strangely apt. Bunny men, daft sods, soft lads, hugely cheeky, a scam, bunny men, beautiful and profoundly scouse. That's Mick Middles. Um, there was a lot of British stuff in that sentence. Yeah, say it again. <laughs> I want to just read this part. Daft sods, like Daft Punk. What? What is that's a British kind of that whole phrase? I'm gonna that... look up every word in this. <laughs> Let's do it again. Okay. Daft sods, soft lads, hugely cheeky, and a scam. Now, he is he is describing liver puddlins. Right. And he is saying that this is, that, that Bunnyman is kind of the perfect um, make-believe creature hybrid that would embody the attributes of the city. Yeah. A scam, you know, they talked about the swindler thing and everybody's trying to sell you something. Right. And like... Sods. Sods. What's that again? <laughs> but that's what he always says, sodden. Oh, I mean, it Which is... Which means a, dirty. Yes, that so, is... A sod house is a house built out of the earth. I've sodden my jeans. Yep. Rolling yeah. around in the mud. So yeah, it just means like muddy and shitty. Maybe it's like... And daft. Honestly, I mean, I think of that People, as just meaning smart, yeah. sharp, yeah. quick-witted. But is that what it means? Oh. Assad in British slang is uh, used to refer to a person, especially a man, that you are annoyed with or think is unpleasant. Uh-huh. You stupid sod. Now, what does daft it's also mean? Like, it's also, but there's also a repartee kind of usage of it where they just use it generally. Right. To be kind of like Something that's so- funny. Like it's this- like sarcastic, though. It's like... Yeah. How you doing, you old bastard? You know, it's like... Or, totally. You bastard, I haven't seen you in ages. How you doing, you old sod? <laughs> okay, daft doesn't mean sharp or smart at all. It means silly and foolish. I want to say, though, that whenever life gets you down, Mrs. Brown, <laughs> and things seem hard or tough, and people are stupid, obnoxious, <gasps> or daft... daft. Oh. And you feel that you've had quite enough. enough. All right, yeah, doffed. Yeah, doff sods. <laughs> That's my band name. <laughs> the doff sods. Are, is Daft Punk British? Are they? Are, are they, they French? French? Oh, oh yeah, there's some weird. All right, there's so, some weird. <laughs> some soft lads. Okay, soft lads. So what about soft boys? Yeah. Soft lads or so, whatever they What's is that like? So that, you know, we're talking about Liverpool. Yeah. Because we're taking, Mig Middles, we're taking his sentence here. It's the word of God, okay? This right. Is, we're defining, this is, we are defining Liverpudland. It's like okay? a riddle. Yeah. You have to <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so when he says soft, I wonder, so Liverpool is in the north. And it is considered a harder, harsher part of the country, right? Okay. So soft, I feel like, what does mm. that mean for the Brits, right? Uh, I, I'm going to say 
just kind of wimpy. I don't know. Yeah, just not not sturdy, right? You know what comes to mind for me? What? It's like they haven't fought in the war or something. Uh, I yeah. don't know why. I just okay. think of Churchill, you right. know, and this, that. And just that ability maybe to... La- I also think about laboring. Mm. The, which part of the country works the hardest? But it's not true now, about them. Well, we're going to get into that next episode. Okay. More specifically, actually, because I learned Mac something. is not a soft boy. Mm-hmm. He's not soft. Who? Mac. Exactly. So, but, you know... And he I looks think like he might be, sort of but then you'd f- be out at the bar with him, and then he, like, turns on you. <laughs> That's right. That's true. <laughs> yeah. But I think they're talking about, like... But Liverpool, I think, compared to Manchester, mm. is seen as <clears throat> maybe less industrious, more frivolous, that kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, they're Liverpool just... doesn't seem soft to me, but maybe compared to Manchester, where all the... That's like know, a factory like fa- town. Exactly. Yeah. And then Liverpool... And what's tougher than a factory? I don't even know. It, it's like a Sailors dream. It's like a dream shit. city. It's <laughs> exactly. just like a, the city of dreams that Carl Treasure Young had the dream. on the shores. And there's like pirates, and there's, there's yeah. you know, just fortune tellers, and like... Karaoke and, in every bar. Karaoke everywhere. And, and then like... Soft. That watching that movie, what is it called? You'll Never Walk Alone? Yeah. It reminded me of... Uh, what's that Fellini movie? Like La Dolce Vita yeah, or something? Vida, it's just like yes. the endless night of just socializing and drinking. Yes, you know? and music and like a whirlwind of various characters. Everyone's got flair. So maybe... He's referring to those, you know, that theatrical, emotive part of Liverpool culture, right? Yeah, it could be. I guess, are we just speculating here? Do we have like a, like a more precise definition of how he's using the term in their vernacular? <laughs> or are we just kind of... I think we're good. I think we're just kind of... It's free association. For yeah, me, it has here. to do with like... I also think it's the, you know, it has to do with youth and the younger generation. Yeah, they haven't and been grizzled by life yet. Exactly. Hardened. Yes. And we can think about soft as like effeminate, which is yeah, that's what know, I was gonna considered say. an yeah. insult, but you know, also kind of valued. I mean, I feel like being emotive in general is valued in British culture. Yeah. But there is, yeah, there's also the I mean, I'm, I go on, on. Okay. So, <laughs> so let's okay, say what let's about soft? This. No, no, no. Like, I like a soft pillow, you know? <laughs> They're comfortable true. guys. Bunnies. Yeah, bunnies are, are soft. soft which I think is what he's Soft toilet about paper. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, I like, it's like, it's a welcome environment. <laughs> I like soft. a soft bed. One I time I was in Italy and, and uh, <laughs> we will stop my now. friend, uh, please, Christian, please let us <laughs> into this room and he said, and he changed <laughs> the mood, the, room, the lighting in the room. He made them like it was like where we were staying when I was on tour, and and then he changed the lighting a little bit. And he goes, "Pretty soft situation," in an Italian accent, <laughs> which I think he meant as like a romantic, like a soft situation, situation. probably with a prostitute. But yeah, it was like a soft <laughs> situation. <laughs> Shout out to Christian. All right, Christian, we love you. <laughs> All right. Over there in Reggio Emilia, Italy. Okay, hugely cheeky. Being cheeky, that's being a smart aleck, right? Yeah, that's why. I do All right. It. Now I don't. I want to question everything. I don't know anything. You, do you ever do that? Like you're writing something and then you just like look up a word that you totally know the meaning of, just to make sure. And it, it's wrong. Oh, usually, I mean, I, I just had right. that where I was like, you're, I know what daft means. I, like I want to use it, and then I 
Oh, there it is. Great. It means quick-witted and smart, and it means dumb and foolish yeah. and silly, which is how I feel right now. You know? It, um, I take cheeky as, like, sarcastic or yep. kind of, like, trying to be funny. Which, you know, that one really fits, too. Yeah, amusing. And a scam. Bunny men. Beautiful and profoundly scouse. Ha ha, Sherrod, you are. <laughs> All right. Now, here's here's another... So, we're just kind of going over this name, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to talk about the name, you know, and talk about the bunny men and the bunny god more with Allison Renner. But, okay. you know, so Chris Adams in Turquoise Days, he says that the, the name struck the band as sounding somewhat somewhat alien he describes it as sounding kind of like an alien sort of thing when you think bunny men Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but let me tell you what yeah you all need to listen to strange familiars where they have it is a um a scary podcast a little like you said like coast to coast oh yeah um Mm -hmm. of phenomena yeah. And they have multiple Interdimensional episodes. beings, ghosts, monsters, oh, yeah. like uh, aliens. Bunny men. Bunny men. Okay. Listen to a few. Shadow if, people. If you dare, listen to a few of the episodes about bunny men and that phenomena in... Oh, uh, I want to listen to it. I got to listen to that. You I'm going to listen to it. It I is will. so scary. I was editing um, the other day mm-hmm. downstairs when everyone was asleep, this podcast, and I got scared. I just started thinking about it and I got scared and had to like run upstairs and yeah. like And then you know David Lynch had that whole thing with the the rabbits yeah, too which did. was really really interesting yeah. and good and strange and deeply disturbing. Absolutely. Uh, and then it's weird how also you know how a lot of people in the 20 odds discovered the Echo and the Bunnymen from the Donnie Darko movie. Exactly. Like the, there's like a a real play of forces going on in the zeitgeist. I, I and, agree. Um, That's larger than like, if I may get Hegelian, uh, on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah. and Drummond is tapped into that. Yes. Bill and I was going to ask you about that, that because I think that, um, and he did a lot of research on it. Alison Renner is going to talk about that some, but you were the one who read Bill Drummond's book. What does he say about the bunny god? This idea of a bunny god, too, yeah. was immediately... Uh, the specifics apparent. are not with me right at the moment, but he did go to the library and did a lot of research <laughs> on, like, bunny god, god bunny men, the bunny in uh, mythology, mm-hmm. and got into some, uh, you know, uh, what's that guy's name? The, the myth guy. The myth man. Oh, oh, uh, Joseph Campbell. Like Joseph Campbell kind of vibes about uh, about the Bunnymen and its presence in ancient mythology. And uh, yeah, yeah, so I, I don't know. Uh, we're going to have to come back to that when, I'm, when I'm fresher on it. Because if we do the Drummond episode, I'll, I'll reread. Yeah, the and Alison Renner. Will She'll be more one. hip to it. I have too much in my brain. I, to, I can't, I can't like, keep all, all the details. In. Well, here's another detail for you. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. Les Pattinson says that he heard that during the Castro years, okay, mm-hmm. there used to be, and this is Les. in Cuba. Excuse yeah. me. Go ahead. Les, four bishops, uh, is a guy who really helps us with our pronunciation. Friend of the podcast. All right. He says he heard that during the Castro years, there used to be gorillas in Cuba. 
in Cuba, trained by the CIA. All right, that's us. Uh-huh. And they used to hide in burrows to go under Echo Valley in Cuba. And they were called bunny men. Boom. Let that settle oh, over it's here. It's taking a time. It's taking a minute. <laughs> I've Castro, Cold War, CIA brought some operatives in. Okay. They would hide Not in burrows gorillas. under Echo Mountain, and they were called bunny men. It was bunnies. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now that's now. He says, you know, this. they would come out and kill people at night. So that's terrifying. It, I don't put it past um, the American government for that to have to been. To do any horror. School of the Americas, sure. tactics, whatever. Yeah. Um, but Guantanamo. he says yeah. this might need to be, this might warrant further research. And I haven't I done know. it. Right, let's just put it in the dossier, man. It's Yeah, fine. It's, it's in the dossier. It. Chris Adams, it. you know, it. it's one of my favorite things. Excuse um, me, I got to go get my bowl. Okay, and then there's also, you know, that connection with fecundity, the Playboy bunnies, that kind of like sex thing that that comes into play. And sometimes they would joke about, yeah, we're the bunny men. Because, you know, it's like the bunny mansion. And there's like, is that what it's called? We're the Hugh Hefner or whatever. I think it's just called the Playboy mansion. The Playboy mansion. And then there's the, the bunny, Playboy bunnies. Okay. Anyway. You know, yeah, yeah. There's that Cause, too. Well, because it's like, cause um, fucking like rabbits, basically. You know. Yep. Because rabbits like reproduce rapidly. And so, and that kind of it gets discussed more, and we go more into like the not a very gods. sexy band in a lot of ways. I mean, they're sexy and like, and and Ian's a think, sex symbol. I think people would, would probably. But they are. Maybe they are. Maybe I think. They are. Yeah, I think that's kind of like for some most people. Never that's mind. Their thing. Let's just strike that from the record. <laughs> I realize I'm totally wrong. No, it is. When he's all like, ah, you know, yeah, and then the, yeah, yeah, he's, and then he's like all like, you know, like nocturnally. Uh, plus, they got all those James Brown uh, guitar rhythms going on. Yeah, but I digress. <laughs> really? <laughs> no. This is all one digression, right? This whole episode so far. Right? This whole podcast. This, this whole but whole podcast is a digression. We spent Welcome a long listeners. time. So. Um, I think that's it for the band name. So Ian, you know, he's really proud of himself for like coming up with the band name. I imagine that he's like, gets the word out there pretty quick, checks it out with the other bandmates. They have a name, right? Well, they needed one. So so they didn't really have a lot of time to dicker about it, you know? Okay. Does that make sense? Like if there was any, it was like, it could have gotten down to the wire. Yeah. And Will thought it was just as dumb as all the other names. But then they had to play the show. He would have gone with the glycerol, you know, he didn't care if it was Mona Lisa. But it was just that thing though. It was like, once, once they played the first show, it's kind of like, yeah, that's what people are going to call you. Yes. You can't change your name like (laughs) you just did. Uh, Bold moves. I know. know. It's yeah. People are always going to feel like it's weird and annoying, but you know, whatever. It's like. Life's annoying. It was annoying when Ian left the band. It was annoying. It's always... But that's just how it goes, you know? Mm-hmm. Nothing's... Uh, everything's in flux. We want stability, you know? And it's like, just embrace just the change. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing ever lasts forever. Nothing ever lasts forever. All right, so check band name. But there is still... No drummer, no bassist, no songs. So if you'll remember, um, anticipating their upcoming practice, their only opportunity to practice, 
Will has reserved a room at the Merseyside Visual and Communications Unit. Okay. 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 Um, what, and, a, what a name for that place. Right? It's very industrial sounding. Very industrial domestic sounding. Oh, oh yeah. Ooh. Scientific. Well, you know, it's, it's this place that would have just been this beautiful place to practice. It's in a basement, right? Okay. So Will walks into uh, this room that he has reserved and spent money on, I imagine. Maybe he just had to reserve it. Yeah, I don't know. Probably a little rental unit. Yeah. So it's in the basement of this building and you can hear the river, the Mercy River, mm. f- trickling. So cool. Beside them, beneath them. Through them. Through them. Okay, and he comes in. He's got his guitar. He's got little Echo, the drum machine. Yep. And he's ready to practice. And he's alone in this room. And he's waiting. (laughs) Is anyone going to show up? Okay, well, here's what he doesn't know. What's that? Less buys a bass excuse me i hate to interrupt you (laughs) the man's name is les go ahead les he buys a bass on wednesday i mean excuse me on sunday Mm. before the gig Mm -hmm. wednesday so cope says it's for 40 30 bucks but tony fletcher says he bought this bass for 40 bucks okay there's also a little discrepancy here as well Maybe not discrepancy, but in Head On by Julian Cope, he says that uh, Les showed up at Eric's and said to both him and, is it Finkler? Who's he sitting around with? Ah, Finkler. (laughs) He's back. I don't know, man. Anyway, he shows up at the bar and he's like, I have to look up Pat. Luckily for us, okay, I have to look this up, but luckily... Head on, one of the really incredible things about it is it comes with an index. And you can just. Damn, look up. Cope made an index for his own book. Oh, yeah. LMNOP Pattinson. Um, okay. So he shows up and he tells Simo. Simo? I keep reading about this guy, Simo. S. Oh, it's Paul Simmons. Simpson. Oh. That's okay. So he goes. Okay. So Les runs up to Paul Simpson and Julian Cope at Eric's and is like, guys, I got to tell you something. We be Cope. (laughs) We be Cope. What is it? I don't know. Like, I just, I just have this dream of playing music with Will and Mac and I bought a bass today and. And I even came up with a bass line. Did you? <laughs> but I but I feel scared inside. I don't know. Well, suck it up, mate. This is rock and roll. <laughs> okay, I guess I'll just... I'll just ask him, right? I mean... You tell be, them. I, oh, tell them. Oh, all right. Uh, you just go right in there and you tell them. You need uh, me. I've got a bass. All right. So you can do it, mate. Just say I got a bass. <laughs> I'm in the band. That's okay. it. All right. Thanks, mate. Sorry, I just lapsed into a uh, will. <laughs> you just go in there and you tell them. 
I brought my bass. Time to rehearse. <laughs> okay. Are Let you me, can ready? I practice? Can I practice that? To say? Okay. Guys, uh, I b- b- brought my bass and I'm ready to rehearse. Rehearse. <laughs> oh. Well, we can only assume that he was accepted into the band because, lo and behold, nice he, guy Will let him in. Less, nice, nice guy, guy Will. Will. That's my impression of Will. I think he, yes, he's got a nice definitely. face. He's a, definitely a good guy. He's a good guy on the good guy team. Yeah, uh, you know, he likes working class stuff and Star yeah, Trek. He's and, the shit. And he's a great but I wouldn't say he's like he's pretty like a he's like Eeyore. He's like Grumpy Bear. Oh, is he poopy butt? He's not poopy. He's sarcastic. He's like got the dry wit. He's okay. got the dry wit. Okay. That's all I'm saying, okay. I guess. Where were we? I was talking about something. You were talking about um, the rehearsal. Ah, rehearsal. <laughs> but no, we moved beyond. So he got in the band. That's Les right. In- okay, now we're... Now Les we're- is in the band's... Oh, man. All right. Should- Les is a man with the big... <laughs> With the what? <laughs> Les, the man with the what? Bays. With the <laughs> and we've got Les Pattinson on Bays. <laughs> I like it. It's Will Sargent. Will Sargent on guitars. Ah, oh, God. All right. The zinger is Ian McCullough. You happy now? He's the z- <laughs> bishop man. Uh. I get it. <sighs> Everything sounds like a Z now. <laughs> Les, come on. He's co- he's in the band. All right. So so anyway, so Les is gonna show up in that basement room to practice with Will. So they're going to sit around and work some stuff out, okay? So he's in the band, so he's going to show up to rehearsal. Thank goodness he's going to show up because, as Tony Fletcher said, just as for a change, Mac did not show up. We've got four days to the gig. He's not there. Can you pick up your cell phone and just call him? Nope. Could you just like... Not uh, in 1978? Right. I mean, could you even, I mean, where the, yeah. Let me tell you this. Uh-huh. Um, is he, let me ask you this. Is he like doing his hair or is he mm, What is the he pub? Doing? Pub? Girl, ladies. He's, he I heard he was hanging out tail? with Smelly Ellie's sister. I think her name's, I can't remember. Smelly Ellie's sister. That's the band <laughs> name right there. Smelly Shelly. Uh, so he's, I don't know. <clears throat> I think it's probably a combination. Always a combination, I'm guessing. 
I had a guy. But in who my the band fuck's not going to show, show up? up? All right, but who was that? Oh, Sean Dale is the original. <laughs> Shout out to Sean Dale. Blue Whatever, Jesus. he's coming back. He's no, a brilliant guy, but, I, but, but dude, he would just like not show up, and then I'd go find him, and, oh, he, yeah. and he would be at work or something, but he wouldn't <laughs> tell us. And then I would go to his job, and I'd be like, dude, you can't fucking just like no call, no show, and now you're. Washing like, dishes. And he knew, this. and he'd be like, "Oh yeah." Oh yes, yeah, you know, like just anyway. I just think about the people who don't show up to rehearsals. I've experienced it. Yeah. You set it up. It's they don't show up, and you don't hear from them, and it's like, oh, that's, that's some that'll shit. Freak you out. It's just rude. <laughs> but then they can't help it. They can't help it. And so then it's like the boat is empty. Yeah. You know. It always is. <laughs> what can you do? I mean. Yeah. So then, how about sound check? Is he going to show up to that on Wednesday night? It's the big night. Okay, this is November I'm going to say no. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb here. <laughs> and say, no, he did not oh, So this will be the first up. time he's ever saying into a microphone, into a PA system at a club, ever? Probably, yeah. And he's just going to... Not wow. try... This yes. Is... So yes. But here's the deal. Yes. Here's the... Let me just say, this is a testament to the fate of this situation obviously okay so there's not going to be a sound check prior to the gig now can you talk about the importance of a sound check sure prior to playing a show yeah well there's a lot of variables and factors that contribute to uh whether or not a sound check is necessary or helpful um (laughs) some of those include the competence of the sound engineer right like I don't know a, why this is cracking me up so much. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Though. Like, you get a sound person that sucks at her job, then uh, might as well not do one, you know? Right, right. I mean, you can't know ahead of time. Well, check it. If you've, it's your first show, you have no idea what you're getting into. So it's probably important at your first show. Or is it? Actually, if you think about it, like... Yeah. It doesn't fucking matter because it's not going to help you at all. You have no idea what you sound like going through the system of a place. You've never had that experience before. So no, do you know what I mean? So you have nothing so to compare it to. You have nothing to compare it to. It's almost more for the engineer at that point. Now, I'll tell you, with these guys, they need a sound check right. for sure. Especially, I don't know what's going on, but like, you know, they have a drum machine. Okay. Yeah. Yep. A guitar and a bass and vocals, right? That's what's going on. Yeah. So yeah. you're going to want to figure out how this drum machine is going to be bumping through the system. That is the number. That's um, most important. Ideally, you'd want the vocalist. can't be too loud if the yeah. drum machine isn't, you know, it's not yeah. a kit. Anyway. Yeah, you want that to work out. That's going to create some variables. Uh, and then, you know, you mm-hmm. want the singer to be able to hear him or herself. And uh, But also that can not matter too, you know is if it's kind of a punk show or whatever you're just kind a, of going for it a high risk of the guitar being too loud and it's hard to play a guitar when you can't play it loud sometimes yeah well some people claim that their tone exists only at really loud volumes yeah um which i used to think was total bullshit but lately i've kind of come around to kind of the idea of like I don't know. I've been noticing some stuff about the tone of particular acts like Hendrix or like Mahavishnu Orchestra or something or or bands where you have like multiple Marshall stacks going on. That's not the tone of Will at all. But but there's something about that tone that actually is pretty cool because like every little 
thing like pushes so many air molecules like any little string scrape or any like you know barely touching the strings or like or distorted note like pushes the room a certain way but yeah a lot of guitar players play loud will seems like he's got he's a little more mature than that you know right he's he's not he's, he's not like just in a one of these people that just needs to turn up because they're trying to hide uh-huh. like or, or they think that that's going to be their aesthetic he seems to be more clear about the timbre and and like note choices that he's that he's offering you know right. and, and confident that that'll kind of carry the, the the band so it doesn't come across as like a crazy loud band you know right see in a coming episode we're gonna have to take a look at their gear and i don't know much about it but i know that it will be of interest i just don't know much about gear. yeah i'm not really but i know they have like big it's all about the look they were going for a look and so they got big amps okay so i will i don't even remember what kind i don't have it in my notes so that's charming yeah <laughs> right okay so they need a sound check they need a sound check he's he's never maybe sung i mean outside of a bedroom you know? well they probably sung in the rehearsal room right here's the thing that's going on with ian though and why maybe a sound check would have been helpful for him he is in full panic mode before the show okay uh, he you know he is Ian is. nervous leading up to it and yeah. calls Kay Carroll, who is Marky Smith's um, manager. What the manager? Anyway. Um, for a pep talk? For a pep talk, yeah. He was like, you know, these dreams of being a great singer, a rock star. And really, he's been boasting kind of and hinting that that was his destiny. But now he's about... Well, but now he's about to find out if it really is. And let me tell you that there are going to be 43 people at Eric's the night of the show. Okay. Okay. This group of 43. In the audience. In the audience. Okay. Are the premier, the elite, punk, preteens, teens, and early 20s kids. And the 28-year-old Bill Drummond or 23, he was like 23, he's the old one, are going to be in the crowd judging away, you know, just wanting you to succeed, but there to notice if you don't. But the knives are out. I like to think that this scene was truly... Supportive. Supportive and dorky. Yeah. But, you know, we, wanna, we want some you know, drama to push it along. So, so who's in that crowd, Shane? Balfi, <laughs> Bill Drummond... Yeah. Uh, Marky Smith? No. I don't think he was. No. Maybe. Is he from Liverpool? Nope. But okay. he's going to be coming up very okay. soon because okay. he's important. Okay. 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 That's we, Marky Smith got, from the uh, fall. If you don't. Oh. Burns. Pete Burns is there. Pete Burns is there. That's right. You got Finkler. Finkler's there. You got Ian Brody. You got Paul Simpson. You got, uh, you know, the ba- the headline band Teardrop Explodes is there. Okay, and so, of course, yeah. I mean, that's who they're opening for. Right. And Julian you know, Cope's there. Julian Cope's there now. The Teardrop Explodes, man. Speaking of the name earlier in the episode, they were bummed out that Echo and the Bunnymen was also a psychedelic, strange, lengthy name. Huh. And that was their thing. They started their band like three weeks before them. Damn. <laughs> or yeah, you know, who knows? Like three months. Before it's them. weird the vibe of uh, 
it's always going to be that tension as long as there are bands of like <laughs> who's like copying who stole my idea blah 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 i mean even in like the jazz world you know you have like people like oh very or, much you know, or jazz, just yeah. like people hiding their fingers so that people don't steal their licks and stuff like that you know and like yeah i feel like that's capitalism kind of but anyway that's yeah it. Um, Pretty dumb. Well, so, it's all coming to a close, so. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, uh, Fingler, so who are we missing? You know, Jane Casey, Big in Japan, those other guys and their friends. Yeah. They're all there. The whole scene's there. Staring up at the stage. Ian's in the dressing room. I, I think he's like catatonic. Um from what I understand, or shaking, just, oh, just beyond. I can really identify with this. And maybe those of you listening who've been in a band or played a show or even a recital know that very real fear that can come over, particularly a musician. I have to say, when you're singing, I feel like it's so much easier. Everyone's going to be staring at you. That's like a whole new level of anxiety, but also excitement. Well, I was going to say playing the guitar for me is like a nightmare. Like I, I loved being in a band and I love like playing music in the rehearsals, but getting on that stage and having to keep your fingers, your shaky fingers still is just a nightmare. And that's why a lot of musicians take beta blockers, which are some kind of medication. I think that blocks anxiety. I'm not really sure how it works. Yeah. A lot of classical, like... Yeah. A lot of theater people do, too, right? Or performers. Oh, I don't know about that. Because the clock is ticking, and it's about time for them to come on the stage as the opening act, the first band to play. Oh, yeah. Okay? Having no never... No sound check. No sound No rehearsal, check. for real. No song. No nothing. No song? I thought they have, like, two songs. Kind of, I mean, what? They have a bass line. And uh, well, we'll we'll tell you more about it. Right. Are they just gonna jam? <laughs> yeah, they are. Okay. <laughs> that is okay. The end. Because <laughs> that is what they're gonna do. It's not like early we're Pink gonna make Floyd. A big, Pink Floyd would just stretch out, out on these kind of yeah grooves and stuff. I mean, that's you know, that's some people's whole thing. Yeah. You know, Grateful Dead. Yeah, but well, that but. And you know, but Velvet like, Underground. But, but, Velvet yeah. Underground right. would groove out on a thing. That's who they're going to channel. Okay. And that's how they're going to justify the fact that they're playing two chords for 20 minutes. Yeah. Okay? Okay. So they're going to walk out on that stage, and it's in the back of that club, that red and black club, Eric's. Okay. okay. November fifteenth, nineteen seventy-eight. All right. They're walking out. Yes. It's a Wednesday, I think. At last. Uh, this podcast is finally moving <laughs> along. We're finally getting into the band. Doing thing. Like Episode twenty-two. Being seen by outside of a, a bedroom. A band is okay? formed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, awkward silence, okay, as you walk up on the stage. They come out, they cheer, everyone's like, woo! Yeah. But you can't just you can't just do that for Hooray. like for however long it's gonna take them to get like ready. I'm gonna say it was like four minutes, but it seemed like fifteen to them. 
But they go out there, they put on their, you know, strap on their, their, uh, their axes. Ian goes, walks up to the mic. He's wearing a polo shirt. Okay, a red polo neck shirt. You know, he's channeling the white Duke. Polo doing, neck. Polo, like that's a like neck? a like a pop collar, like one oh, of those yeah, yeah, frat yeah, yeah, boy yeah. Okay. shirts. Um, and it's like he's channeling like the thin white Duke golfer okay. thing, and also maybe some Marky Smith like Sears catalog, super normal. You know, right? But what I think maybe 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 is happening is like. Do you remember being like trying to be like goth or whatever, but your mom would only shop at like Kmart, and so you would get like an approximation of a cool thing? Definitely. <laughs> I wonder if that's what he was. Oh, wearing. terrible! Yeah. <laughs> I kept trying to think of an example. It's hard to describe. Just like any black thing, but it yeah. would just be like a sundress black thing of like crappy cotton that like... i would buy my own shirts at a certain point at like the record stores and stuff yeah i remember getting all the go to the record store and just get all the band shirts and, that you wanted you have like a job and stuff but right? i particularly remember like more when it was like like middle school years uh-huh. and that's like the worst time because it was like you know forever it was, it was with an the indicator knockoffs. that you're like the poor kid and also but, like a dork and yeah. i remember having a fake guest jean or wearing like a bugle purse. boy or something instead of yeah. the cavarici and this girl being like let me see the label of that oh yeah more closely <laughs> and i was like yeah, mm-hmm. let me see the label yeah but eventually you mm-hmm. punk rock you know and then yeah just... and then grunge oh saved you it's just sick because you can always get a flannel shirt you can't get that wrong you That's can right. go to kmart and get That's a flannel right. And that was, then there you go. I was done. So, um, okay. Standing up on that stage. Okay. And now Will walks over in the silent cavernous club that is on the brink of anticipation, waiting for them to begin. And he turns on Echo, the drum machine. And it, (laughs) but no, but nay. He was met with silence, full silence of the drum machine. Drum machine not working. Echo, the most reliable member of the band, not working. Okay. Yeah. That's why you need a sound check. All right. Okay. <laughs> you would have solved that shit an hour ago. Okay. This is our your lesson. Yeah. The moral of this story. <laughs> when you're bringing in, the more technology you have, the more variables you have. Like I run like sometimes a pedal board with a lot of pedals. And invariably, the variables become an issue because you plug all your shit in and then, oh, oh. no sounds coming out. And it happens every time. And then you have to go through all your little patch cables and like I'm find the connection and you test floor. all the connections yeah, yeah i got all the pedals out here in our little studio for our because i also do music in this room not just a podcast <laughs> um although it's shifting uh but um but yeah so then you check all the cables and sometimes you find a bad cable or you find that oh this power cable oh you, you know what it usually is every single time this is what it is oh it wasn't plugged in <laughs> I got plugged in. I bet that's what it was. It wasn't plugged in. I forgot to plug it into the app. It's like not plugged in the app. I'm like playing it. I check all the pedals, and then it's like the dumbest shit, like where the guitar (laughs) is not plugged into the thing. So that's. I bet that's what it was. It's like no one's ever. I've never heard it written about 
or heard why it wasn't working. Everyone who's played shows knows what I'm talking about. Yep. Okay. Well, how do you feel right now that they're up there and the drum machine's not working? I just picture Ian's got a cigarette going. Oh, yeah. He can smoke. He's got... No, but he looks like he's 12. He's not smoking. (laughs) The question is, I guess, like, they're supposed to start. So it's like you don't even have the house music on, right? Mm -mm. It's just kind of... No, no, no. It's It's so shifting. (laughs) the world premiere of Echo and the Bunnymen. Yeah. Roger Eagle is out there, like, presenting them. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, y'all. Welcome. Hey, y'all. We got a really excited new band for you. Uh, It's... uh, Echo and the Bunny Man, y'all. Give him oh, a hand. All right. Woo. Okay, so. Yeehaw! <laughs> That's the. You got I'm, someone in the audience heckling them because the drum machine's not working. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Yeah, you, you know? do. Uh, Bill Drummond's there just kind of uh, like, oh, boys. <laughs> Mates. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just waiting for that thing to start kicking into gear. Okay. They're all drunk as hell though, because no, it's start... early. It's early. That's the matter. problem. That's all it's they the do first is drink band. though over there. They, like, yeah, they, but these they... kids have been drinking no, since they were twelve, totally. and now they're seventeen, and they're. But they don't really like. They've been drinking all day, maybe, but like they don't really get drunk because their threshold. It's yeah, like they're sober, right. when, you know. So I, know, I get drunk off these smallest. One sip, I'm drunk. I know. I don't know what my problem is either. I can't. So fine. So it's like four minutes of this, right? Which is like the length of a song. So that's a long time. Finally, Rock One starts a plan. Okay. All right, okay. Where the Ooh, have you been? <laughs> <laughs> okay, and Les is going to hold down that repetitive bass line. He's going to hold it down. He's come up with it. Maybe it's two notes. Deep know? pocket Liz. <laughs> and so, I mean, that's going to give them, because I feel like his rhythm right out of the gate, he's going he's gonna to really bring a richness to their sound, okay? So we'll get some feedback going, because you know he just likes to create sounds. And then he starts probably playing like the three note melody of monkeys, I'm guessing. Just probably up and down the neck. Girls are the same. Knock it and rock it. Remember. So then Mac takes some lyrics out of his pocket and he squints his eyes at this paper, holds it really close to his face, and starts singing. And the voice, voice of an angel. Oh, uh, you know, everyone. It just it was, envelops you. It was undeniable. It was undeniable that this was a brilliant singer standing in the middle a of this prodigy. club. A prodigy. Yeah. I'm sure it was shocking. Also, it's just, you know, he looks like he is 12. But his voice is so rich and just like an old man. So it's really, I bet it was very striking to just see him go off. And so he is going to just make up some lyrics and just kind of riff on what's on that sheet of paper for 15 minutes. Okay. 
and including the four before they get started, they're playing like a full 20 minutes here. Wow. All right. They wow. made that okay. song last yeah. a long time. I mean, that's fine. We're already like post like Kraut Rock. Yeah. Like jam, yeah. jam bands. Velvet Underground. That was their rock. guiding light. They just followed. Yeah. And that beat, I mean. The legacy of just turning on. that beat forever. And, oh, absolutely. It's like techno. Yeah. And just kind of. Just explore the sonic. Oh man, that would have been a cool show to be at. Huh? Yeah. Now we don't have a recording of that show, but we have a show a year later that I like. I'd like for you to hear. So this is them in 1979. Um, it's a video from YouTube by I Future Man. Okay, and uh, check this out. I like that he cleared his throat and then it was cut off. And then it was cut off. What do you think? This is a year later. Yeah. There's a weird... There's like almost a Marky Smith quality to the delivery. Oh, good observation, Shane. Let me just That's put this I'm here for. and That's just give for. you a hand. Yeah, thank you. I think thank that you. is pretty funny because well. I was thinking about... I've been listening... Hold on, let me turn. I've been listening to this recording and I've been thinking about how... He sounds in a way more like he does now. Totally. Then, yeah, and then I because he doesn't okay. sound as pristine. He might not be able to hear himself that well. Right. Uh, like you know, you pointed out that he did like he seemed distracted and cut off, and then it just had, and then he kind of fell right into the song as it started. So there was like a clumsiness about that, and then you can you know, and so he just like doesn't quite have his footing. But right. then the. There's a t- almost a talky vibe to the delivery, you know. Definitely. Which I like. Um, you played this earlier, and I was thinking like, "Whoa, that's rough." And then, and then you, this is my second time hearing it in the within the last thirty minutes. And I know. I actually First like time it. I played it, you were like, "God, I was what like, is Good that? lord!" But actually, I kind of. But now I like it better. Cause yeah. I, so my first impression was just kind of, like, "Whoa, that's weird." And then I was like, what? "And I, actually, I was like, is that recent?" Uh, yeah, was that my was. Uh huh. Um, but uh, when you initially so, heard it. So it's strange almost like is he is this an affected thing he's doing right on that particular recording at that point before he kind of let like his natural voice take over which is there wide is no... ranging but there's certain there's a certain like crystalline quality to him on those early records that I'm not hearing on that excerpt that you just shared with us. Right. You know, I think brilliant observation i think 100 percent at this point he is probably emulating and maybe even kind of lou toning reed. down his voice lou reed and marky smith and kind of maybe not allowing his voice to fully be heard yeah for fear of sounding like you know cherubic or something uh-huh yeah and and and, and actually if you think about it well I read a He's interview. I read, a rec- I read an interview from last year where 
because they re-recorded all their songs on that last record yeah and uh or a bunch of their songs and where he was kind of criticizing his early singing yes and saying like just about just how immature it was and now i'm so much better and it's almost like it's almost like he's come full circle or he was like kind of going and this is my hypothesis earlier in our podcast if you go dig back however many 10 12 episodes where i said look he was trying to do this tough guy thing uh-huh like lou yep. reed or jim morrison uh but his face betrayed that possibility because it was so that wasn't fe- like femme childlike you know cherubic and then and then his voice actually was crystalline like you know uh virtuosic singer you know so right. he had all these things kind of like preventing him from kind of uh Being... projecting the self that he we know him be... as which is this kind of perhaps sometimes ascetic character or something you know like like someone that who... he finally has grown into and become right it's like he's returned to this period yeah fully formed all right so he's singing singing for 15 minutes okay um and then will and less kind of fade out they get quieter and kind of fizzle out okay and then mac walks off but echo is still going that's right that's funny they haven't quite you know gotten their transitions down yeah they just kind of walk off so that you know i guess then will has to come back on the stage and turn off the drum machine (laughs) and the crowd goes wild Wow. It's like a slow clap and then another and then just the place is just booming with this applause. And that is when Ian falls completely in love with this feeling of being on stage in front of people. He said it was the best feeling he had ever had. He just loved it. He loved it. And people loved him. And, you know, like we said, everyone was completely blown away. Julian Cope runs up to them and says, That was totally legendary, man. Totally legendary. (laughs) And, um, you know. That's sweet. Yeah, you know, he says he's just kind of an over-the-top guy. And... And he said that to them. Lots of other people complimented them that night. And they were like, hell yeah, we're a band. That's the kind of Where's stuff you need deal? To, to put you forward, you know? <laughs> Roger that, that, Eagle was yeah. so impressed. I mean, he was going off about them. He was like, it was really uncanny. Like, they were supposed to suck. And then they didn't. How did how did this even happen? How that's is right. it possible? Yeah. You know, you get the, that's the thing about uh, chance. You know, mm-hmm. you cannot direct this stuff. Uh, like, um, hold on a second. Uh, this just, uh, this whole circumstance reminds me of a quote from the great philosopher Bruce Lee ah, that I, oh, yeah, I, I was reading last night. But I just want to give you, bring in some, uh, some wisdom from, mm. um, and he says, the great mistake is to anticipate the outcome of the engagement. You ought not to be thinking of whether it ends in victory or in defeat. Just let nature take its course and your tools will strike at the right moment. 
Wow. I just feel like that 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 applies here, dude, because it's like, you know, nature took its course and and their reflexes kind of rose to the occasion, and it was the right moment. It was their moment. The tools appeared. Yeah. That. Yeah. Wow. And they developed their tools, yeah. whatever in their way, you know. Right. But uh, but they it was did. like you know, it, it's not like like Ian didn't spend a lot of time working on his voice, or that Will wasn't you know honing things as best as he could and given, it wasn't you know. like les wasn't having like did an you like that quote man. though i loved that quote i loved that i feel like they are kind of when they step into the field and just allow things to kind of flow and just let go which is all they ever do because they don't you know yeah, I want to say they're lazy. They're you know they that's kind of their but, thing. But maybe but that's the no mind thing, that you know, because like you can't really. And they're not because now they. I mean, they proved themselves to be maybe the hardest working of this group of of their contemporaries to this day. Yeah, they're always doing something. Mm-hmm. But this kind of work is pretty. Yeah, I mean. You kind of fall into your thing. Pretty easy. It's pretty enjoyable. You it know? does seem enjoyable. Will said that, that in that same interview. He he's just like, this is a look, great I'm life. Not he out, says it a lot. I'm not digging ditches or like, you know, yeah. on the job site, you know, I'm playing guitar. It's great. So that's it. That's their first show, Shane. What do you think? It worked out. It really, uh, the stars aligned. You know, I don't think I can describe it fully. Like, you know, to describe this event, it sounds like, you know, the chips were stacked against them and they were just jamming out up there. But that's no, the thing. Yeah. yeah, there's a magic to this band. Right. There is a spark between the three of them. Yeah. It's palpable. Chemistry. The people in the room could feel it and the sounds they were making. Yeah, that's the, the luck. The sound that's the of the bunny men. I mean, it's just, it's its own creature. And and away they go. Yeah. Things are going to start moving a little faster from here on out, i got to say. Okay. Those patient teenage years of waiting and wondering and wishing and hoping Dreaming. are coming to a close as yeah. we enter the machine. Yeah. We're going to eventually talk, talk about some albums. Albums, you know record deals perhaps who knows who yeah. knows we don't know oh I think no it's gonna, one could it's predict about to get... what we're gonna talk about yeah. you thought it was exciting up until now oh you, you have no idea what's in store and neither oh, do man. i comedy tragedy just the whole thing okay mm-hmm. so yeah so i want to say tune in in the next couple of weeks and we're going to have a very special interview Another very special interview. This is such a special interview. We're going to take you into the heart of of the matter here. That's right. That's right. We found the secret chart to get to the heart. Yes. Of this matter. Um, I hope y'all enjoyed that one. Um, I know I did. (laughs) You can find us on Instagram. Kind of find us on Twitter. You can write us a letter, which is our favorite, at echoinherepodcast at gmail.com.